Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Force Center, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. And as always, I am joined by Joseph Scrimshaw. 
Oh, thank you. That was extra vowel noise. <laughs> Even extra vowel noise, and I'm honored. <laughs> Welcome back, sir. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. This I'm is full of be... Star Wars opinions. Uh, we're on the road today. Yeah. Recording inside a uh, imperial uh, a cave, I think, here. With <laughs> it's in a cave. Man, they just took over everything, even yeah. caves. Even How rude. caves. And joining us, as always, is the wonderful host of the Jedi Beat on this very network and our good friend, Jennifer Landa. Hello. I, I can't mimic you. I'm sorry. I, I just assume you would do a Wookiee or an Ewok voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, my impersonations are not that great. Can you say hello as an Ewok? Uh, no, actually, I can't. I don't know what I don't know Ewokies. In an assignment for next time, I will learn it. Yes, excellent. I think we can get you learning some Ewokies. Absolutely. How do you expect to raise a human child in this world without being able to teach it Ewok words? I need to. I otherwise, I'm failing as a parent. <laughs> it, could, it could be a secret code for you and your child as, as she grows up. Can you imagine like a secret language? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like if you're at a theme park and suddenly you hear like it's your mama, you're like, oh, it's, it's I know it's <laughs> oh, you. Oh yeah. It's your mama. <laughs> Yeah. You want a pixie stick? Okay. <laughs> Clearly. Hey, guys, this week we have a very special guest. On our last episode, we had a wonderful guest uh, as well uh, with Matt Belknap coming in and having some fun with us, and it was great. So we love bringing in special Star Wars fans and voices, and so this week is a good friend of mine. He is one half of the Schmoes No Show and the Schmoes No Movie Review Team. He's a great stand-up comic, and he is also a member of the very popular Jedi Council on Collider. He is the last... Last known Luke Skywalker fan in the world, <laughs> Mark Ellis. This is why I found it an insult, Ken, that uh, that you described my place as an imperial cave. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I know that it's really cool to like the bad guys now. Like everybody yeah. wants to get a yeah. Captain Phasma or Kylo Ren. Like I've always been a good guy fan. When people right. tell me that Emperor Palpatine is their favorite character mm-hmm. in Star Wars, I think you're crazy. I think yeah. you're not. What? I'd rather have a beer with Luke Skywalker than Emperor yeah. Palpatine, yeah. for sure. He's going to be a lot more giving as a conversationalist. Yes. <laughs> and Hamill's cool. For you, Mark, though, I mean, this has got to be your moment because I know that all through the 80s and 90s, you were carrying the tor- torch for Luke because yeah. he was the hero. And now everyone is kind of like, hey, Luke's the hero. I got into a few drunken arguments in college and other places when everybody was saying that Luke Skywalker was whiny and that they thought Han was cooler or yeah. Boba Fett. But what Bo, and I think Boba Fett's a great character, but like I got so pissed off when people would say Boba Fett's the, I'm like, dude, he's in the movie for three minutes, okay? The guy's got four lines. Like Luke Skywalker is the hero that saved the galaxy. Literally. He's the guy. He's the dude, man. And He's I, the dude. I know, again, we had talked about it when you were on Jedi Alliance, how much Luke means to you. And and um, can I ask you up top, and we'll get into our, our discussion on the news, in Force Awakens, Luke at the last second, you happy with that, or did you want more Luke? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think about The Force Awakens a lot. Yeah, uh, as you should. When I'm driving, when I'm sleeping, when I'm making <laughs> love to my girlfriend, I'm thinking about The Force Awakens. When will Luke arrive? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think that I was ultimately happy with it because they served the story that they're telling properly. Like, there, there's always going to be part of me that, like, when they're having that, that lightsaber battle in the snow, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, Kylo Ren, and he just knocked out Finn, and Rey he uses the Force to grab Luke's lightsaber— you see yeah. the lightsaber move, yeah. and it's very similar to you know the beginning of Empire Strikes Back on Hoth. Sure. Mm-hmm. And if that lightsaber had flown into Luke Skywalker's hand, who had showed up to rescue because there yeah. was such a disturbance in the Force, the, the theater would have lost it. I would have lost it. It oh, would have yeah. been the greatest scene I've ever seen, but that's not the story that they're telling. So I actually liked that they stuck to their guns, and I didn't need to see Luke Skywalker say a line. 
I, mm. We're going to get a lot of that in episode eight. It would have been great to see the big three together again. Yeah. Mm. But I understand that, look, we're going forward. And one of the most impressive things about Force Awakens is that me, as a big nostalgia fan anyway, Kenny, you know, I like yeah. 80s rock. I like 70s <laughs> rock. I don't like things that are modern, you no. know? No. And sitting there and, and wanting to see Han Solo and Luke and Leia and for the first half hour of that movie, not get any of that stuff. And I mm. didn't need them. The movie yeah. is going so well. I'm like, this is such a great yeah. ride. I don't miss the old people yet. Right. right. Yeah. I think it, it helps so much that it started with Luke Skywalker has vanished. Great you know, it was, yeah. Line. It made the movie all about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it said that you, you and your memories and your attachment to the original trilogy matter. That's what this is about. Right. From it's, the get go. It's that our mythology is their mythology now. Yeah. You know, yeah. because they are like, oh, yeah, we've heard remnants of the Force and all this stuff in the Jedi. And it's like, now I felt yeah. like I was right there with Ray and Finn. Yeah. Like asking Han, like, hey, this stuff really happened, right? <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> yeah. That's some of my favorite moments is early on when Daisy Ridley, she's so adorable in that mm-hmm. scene. She's like, I thought Luke Skywalker was a myth. <laughs> I thought he was just an action figure. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Hanging on the shelf next to those sad lobots. <laughs> <laughs> that has become a theme. Uh, well, Mark, uh, we're going to carry you along for this little adventure uh, as we go through the news uh, that we like to do here in Force Center. Sometimes the news is a little bit old. Sometimes it's fresh off the rack. Um, but we like to have our take on it because there's a lot of voices out in the Star Wars uh, media discussion world. And we're glad that you value our opinion. And, Mark, uh, your opinion is something uh, that means a lot to me in the Star Wars media discussion world. So I'm happy to have your take on it. Jennifer, what do we have on the news. We have a lot. So <laughs> just from last night, during a Q&A at the Tribeca Film Festival, J.J. Abrams said that Ray's parents are not in Episode 7. And he said, mm. so I can't mm. possibly say in this moment who they are, but I will say it is something that Ray thinks about too. So he later on had to clarify because people were like, what? I think Disney was like, hey, uh, yeah. you need to send a tweet. Yeah. Right. So he spoke with uh, Entertainment Weekly and he said, what I meant was that she doesn't discover them in episode seven. Not that they may not already be in her world. Oh, wow. Okay. So. I didn't get, I didn't read that retraction. Yeah. yeah. So it was totally, I think like the fan reaction where like, I wanted to go flip a table and then like yeah. a few <laughs> hours later, like, oh, I'm sorry, table. It was no big deal. Let me put you back up and right. put all the things back on it. Yeah, because right. he totally, I don't think he meant to spill the beans. I think he was trying to be Mystery Box Abrams and just misspoke literally. Like, oh crap, I didn't realize. Yeah. I thought that sounded mysterious and actually that confirms and denies a bunch of theories. My immediate reaction upon hearing it was he's faking or he's playing with us. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Maybe because I think it's Luke and that's my bet I've placed in Vegas. But uh, <laughs> Mark, what's your immediate reaction yeah. to hearing Abrams say that and we can um, get into the retraction after? I think that it has some validity. I think that I don't buy the retraction. I think that, yeah, mm. now I do not think that Luke Skywalker is her father because he was wow. in episode seven. I mean, this is one of those things where it's you when you work on in Star Wars now, it's such a shroud of secrecy. Yeah. And living with that and knowing all these mm-hmm. secrets, occasionally, as somebody who, like, if you film something and you can't release it for two weeks, like, yeah. it's so in your consciousness, you can forget. You can slip up. Sure. You can give something away by accident because you know this and everybody in your world, when you go meet in that hollowed out volcano, you know, <laughs> with everybody else in Lucasfilm that knows everything, you just assume that this is fact and you forget when you go to the outside world sometimes, even if you're as good at it as J.J. Abrams has been, yeah. sometimes something can slip out. So I'm not going to say there's no chance because he does like to mess with people, like the con thing, but... This yeah. this is a pretty that's a pretty powerful statement. 
Yeah. I actually saw the video clip and it just comes out like you're saying, Mark, it just naturally, and it's Mm. almost like he didn't realize what a huge bombshell it was. And then now, of course, like you're saying, Disney's like, hey, whoa, 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 gotta say something. But yeah, no, it just, he just casually said it. Like it was kind of common knowledge. No, uh, Jennifer, correct me if I'm wrong. This was an interview where he was uh, being interviewed by Chris Rock, right? And for the sake of, of comedy, Chris Rock was just riding him like a horse, like just poking at him, right? So maybe he was rattled. Well, actually, was I believe it uh, was prompted by a question from a fan. Right, but it right? was during so, the Chris Rock thing, right? Yes, it okay. was during the Chris Ross, Rock thing. I wish so. I was there now. Can like, you like yeah, that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> I think something else, though, too, that, that, that we, we shouldn't forget is that JJ and, and the whole cast and crew did such a great job when they were right. promoting this movie and it was coming out because I had the pleasure of going to a couple press events and seeing them up close and them talking about this movie and they seemed so excited, but they are so great at playing coy. Right. Yes. Like, we right. knew nothing about the secrets. And so I think that once the movie comes out, everybody breathes a little bit of a sigh of relief. And they're like, okay, finally, now the movie's out and everybody's on the same page. But maybe that relaxation allows you to let a secret slip that you weren't supposed to. Yeah. Are we uh, being, and we're going to have another story about uh, Daisy talking about Ray's parents, but are we are we so focused on this now? I was talking a little bit about it in Spotlight Star Wars this week, citing you, Mark, for saying maybe maybe we should all just calm down a little bit, maybe enjoy this <laughs> ride a little bit more. Uh, I know you want want it to be revealed in Episode Eight, but I'm I'm thinking it might even be nine. Uh, are, are are we too rabid about this now? Is it? I had thought that we were too rabid about it, but then I had a huge emotional visceral reaction to <laughs> Abrams apparently confirming that Luke couldn't possibly and I realize that slowly over the time I've become really attached to her being a Skywalker mm. and I like all the discussions of no just let her be her own independent character and I think that's great kind of in the same way where that lightsaber moment could have gone to Luke yeah. or, it, or but it just went to her right. you know so there's a part of me that feels like it'd be great if it's just a, a, a new person to the legacy but I like that it's a Skywalker story I like the story of heritage and I want her to be Luke's daughter Uh, So I guess, yes, we are being too rabid. At least I'm being too rabid right now. (laughs) Which is fun, by the way. Which is fun. We have this world now that uh, what I I love about Force Awakens is it opened up the Star Wars uh, mythology and speculation and guessing. More than we we haven't had it for years, and the prequels didn't really do that other than, what wait, what are midi-chlorians? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, there's, there's a blockade, and then there's a trade federation, <laughs> right. and then, wait, what do we do with this? Like that, and, and that goes back to when you see Luke Skywalker has vanished. Like, that crawl yeah. text, I was like, oh, thank God. We're back into mm-hmm. the, a good crawl text. Again, yeah. We got three pretty awful ones. So. <laughs> and I don't hate the prequels. I don't, but like right. the crawl text, it just, it felt like homework. Yeah. Like, like, after the crawl text was over, I was like, is this going to be on the test? Like, <laughs> it was just li- newspaper print. It wasn't. <laughs> Like... Heartfelt, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and exactly. and so I think right now we're dealing with two different issues. It's that it's that a who do we want her parents to be, and mm-hmm. b are we going to get it in Episode Eight? And I tend to think we are simply because The Force Awakens was such a smartly crafted movie where they mm-hmm. knew what they were mm-hmm. doing to you emotionally <laughs> and mentally. There's scenes in that film when two characters are about to talk about Rey and who she is, or maybe what her past is, and then we cut away. Yeah, and that is not done by accident. J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. is way too good of a movie maker to just let that be a thing and forget that that was in there. So I think mm-hmm. that they knew they were teasing us. Yeah. And for them to spend another two and a half hours of watching Ray train with Luke Skywalker, maybe go on a mission with him, maybe fight some bad guys, and still not give us that nugget that they know we desperately crave, right. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we definitely find out in episode eight. Yeah. yeah. We'll riot in the streets. I think it's going to mirror Empire Strikes Back 
mm-hmm. and that's the I'm your father revelation. Yeah, so right. the big parentage revelation should go in the second one. So the Star Wars ring theory is true, Jennifer. We <laughs> <laughs> yes. learn on Jedi. Let's keep it consistent. Uh, Daisy Ridley uh, also talking about her parents as well. Yes. So at the MTV Movie Awards, Daisy Ridley made it very clear that just because Felicity Jones is mm. white and has brown hair, <laughs> this does not mean that Jer- uh, Jen Erso from Rogue One is her mother. Daisy also said that she does know who Ray's parents are, and she actually thinks it's funny that people think that her parentage is so important because she believes it's actually more interesting to discover mm. where Ray is going, not necessarily where she came from. Um, so, mm. yeah, she was very charming, very good at playing coy, like you're saying. <laughs> they, oh, man, I mean, she just... She revealed a lot and yet revealed nothing. Yeah, for so, example, she continues to be the galaxy's sweetheart. I oh, mean, yeah. she's won over the world <laughs> she's just uh, with so her personality, her charm, her feats of strength. <laughs> By the way, that's no easy feat carrying Mark Hamill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Know, she looks like, real chill while doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. <laughs> if you've seen those videos, it seems weird as an adult male to say if you watch these workout videos, but she squats like a champ. <laughs> her and Boyega are getting in shape. I have not seen those. I have not seen oh, those videos Oh, she's in yet. shape, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. This last video on Instagram is like a mashup of all of the different training that she's doing. She's getting buff. Wow. So yeah. who in the Star Wars galaxy is really good at squatting? Because that's who Ray's parents are. I that's think that's right. how we unravel the mystery. I, mean, I think it's four long. You, you got to think Chewie's a pretty good candidate for yeah. squats. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the rank or not so much. He's got tiny gym guy legs, you know? The rank has got like a huge upper body. Then he's yeah. just got these little, no yeah, like that. little yeah. beer gut. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this, this news, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's a bummer to me, first of all, because as a white person, with brown hair, I thought maybe I could be like, <laughs> or so or uh, uh, Ray. But um, yeah, I, I think everything that she does in the press, everything that she's been doing with the fans, is so spot on. Not giving away anything, having fun with it, knowing how much we care about this. So giving us something to chew on, but not giving away any secrets that she's not supposed to. She's played everything note perfect, and this is another example. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been a huge mistake to make Jenner so related to her. It's oh, like yeah. we're yeah. already so Rogue One is a smartly placed film. Because yeah. it's the first of the anthology movies or the stories, but it's not so far away from what we already know from Star Wars. Because yeah. it's a story setting up a new hope. But in order to tie those universes further in and to make her her mom, it's like it just doesn't add It up makes Rogue One not independent. It doesn't sell the idea of you can just come see a random Star Wars story. You can right. come see, you know, the story of how Lobot got the thing on the back of his head. Like, <laughs> that's what they need to sell with Rogue One is that you can see any story because this galaxy is really rich and varied. And if it's uh, basically just information that supports the trilogy, that's boring. Right. Yeah. And oh, by the way, Darth Vader's going to be in it. So <laughs> <laughs> that I'm fine with. <laughs> what, what do you think, Jennifer, about her talking about how it's, uh, we should be focusing on where Ray is going? Yeah, I think that it's just really interesting how she kind of brushed off the question like, well, who cares about? I mean, she said, yeah, it, yeah it's important to know who her parents are. Sure. It's more important to learn about this journey. She also mm-hmm. mentioned that, you know, is she a Jedi? She's like, is Ray a Jedi? I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. So mm-hmm. she was kind of playing with that a little bit. But I think that we can kind of, judging from what JJ said and what Rhea said, I think the idea of her being born of the Force, I think mm-hmm. that's gone. Mm. Um, I think it's going to mm. be something expected. 
and something that isn't going to be a real, oh my gosh, huge reveal. I'm still going to hold on to that Born of the Force theory until really? it's confirmed in, uh, or denied in the movie. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was like, wow. I'm, I'm getting more on board with the theory about her being from the Kenobi line. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was I really, thinking. That's interesting to me, though. I, again, I think in my heart, I kind of want it to be Luke. I'd be okay with Kenobi, too. And yeah. I would be thrilled if they denied her being born of the Force in the movie, where there's a scene where somebody just turns the camera and says, well, you weren't born of the Force. That's for sure. There's a pause, a long pause. Everyone looks at the camera. Oh, Your parents no. are Mr. and Mrs. Midichlorian. Yeah. It's got to be something, though. And when I look back to the original trilogy, and I think about that huge moment when we find out who Luke's parents are, or at least his daddy is, it's like, was that the biggest part of the trilogy? Was, was that? Because, because the way that Daisy Ridley is saying, look, it doesn't really matter who my parents are. It's important, but my journey going forward. But Luke Skywalker, so much of his journey was predicated on the fact mm. that he was Darth Vader's kid. So maybe the parent thing is something that we're just getting way too hyped about because, look, there's no way that, that Star Wars can make a thousand movies and we're still going to take something and run with it as fans. That's just what we like to do. Yeah. So maybe we picked up the wrong ball. And, I think you're you know, right. I think you're right because I feel like, it, I don't want to say that it takes away from her character, but right. by saying, oh, the reason why she is so powerful is because she's a Skywalker, is because she's a Kenobi. But what if she's not? What if mm. she is just really incredible and we are going to move in a totally new direction? Are we okay right. with that? You know, like not I, have any, any more Skywalkers. Like, I got to say, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to go crawl. <laughs> I'm going to crawl into the Star Wars nerd uh, bubble and say, I want her to be this is a Skywalker story or and, and it being of the Kenobi family would make that part of that story. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, the jokes about whether well, there's only two or three families in the Star Wars galaxy, I get it, but that's what the story is about. It's not, unless you want to say it's about the droids. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's got to be about that to me. Rogue One, I, I don't want Jyn Erso to be related to anybody. I don't no. even want her to have a date with Luke later yeah. on in life. Uh, <laughs> I want it to be completely independent. Yes, the characters may factor in, and there's going to be Mon Mothman, Jen, Dodonna, and all these people. But, yeah, I want her... I want her to matter to the story at large. I don't want it to be like, you know, Ray Wilson over here in the corner. <laughs> or, or if it is, get it out of the way quick because like you yeah. said, Jen, it's like it's like you're you're only harming our experience of her journey if you keep teasing that we know who her parents are but we're not telling you yet. Yeah. Because right. like the whole time she's going through all this training and all these missions and stuff, we're still thinking in the back of our head, who the hell are her parents? But mm-hmm. if you just give us that, whether it's a Wilson, whether it's a forest baby, whether Yoda's her dad, like we <laughs> yeah. need to know so we can watch her now progress. Yeah. In right. my and it still has to have some weight. It has to mean something either narratively in the film or kind of to us culturally. I think like mm-hmm. a huge part of the Luke Vader power was Star Wars was presented to us originally in the 70s as simple black and white. And it was as much of a contrast and a comment on our sort of naivete as an audience that good guys and bad guys don't mix in that empire introduced this gray area. So it had this even sort of cultural component. Mm-hmm. So now that we're tied up into this mystery, it's got to have like almost a cultural statement as well as a narrative statement in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think culturally, the interesting statement is she's she's nobody. She really is nobody. Sometimes that when Atlanta Jedi die, the force are just like, got to keep going somewhere. <laughs> and none of you guys hooked up with anybody. So <laughs> here, here goes the power. And that at least has like a cultural statement. Mm. That was like one of the smartest things I've ever heard a human being say. Like that last minute. <laughs> it was just so impressive. I'm sitting over here like, like, man, maybe they could just like get her on Maury Povich and just like reveal the DNA. That was really well done. This is why I call Joseph the great Star Wars pontificate. This, this is, you earned it, buddy. He's validating my liberal arts degree. That's what it is. <laughs> 
Uh, we may have a Han Solo, Jennifer. Yes, and yes, he does. He looks like <laughs> our new scoundrel. According to Deadline, Alden Ehrenreich is the current frontrunner to play young Han Solo in the upcoming Star Wars anthology film. So apparently mm-hmm. his performance was so impressive that he has now emerged as the top pick to play Han Solo. Now, how many of us here have seen Hail Caesar? I did. I have okay, seen so it. You two yeah. guys. Okay. Yeah, I have not. Yeah. So, and you think that he was outstanding in that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, I didn't see him and I was like, that guy needs to drop the southern <laughs> accent and be Han Solo. <laughs> like, we need to inject this guy with 50 more IQ points because he plays an idiot in the movie. Right, but, right. like, I, I, he, he was great in it. I think he's going to mm-hmm. have a fantastic career. It's, you need to sell me uh, still on why we're making, not why we're making a Han Solo movie, but that anybody could play Han Solo. Like, yeah. I don't know that anyone can do the character justice because it's, it's not like when when we rebooted Star Trek and we and Chris Pine wasn't doing William Shatner, he was doing his own Captain Kirk, but that was a total reboot of the franchise. This is not a reboot. This is existing in the same time in the same yeah. galaxy as what we saw before. So you gotta sell me a little bit more on if anybody can play Han Solo. Now if if anybody can, he might be the guy. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, I actually saw him in uh, Beautiful Creatures. I'm probably mm-hmm. one of the few people that has seen that movie. Very teen angsty. Yeah. Um, very likable in that. Very capable as an actor. And I saw him in Blue Jasmine, very small part. So I think that talent-wise, he's great, but I agree. I really struggle with the whole Han Solo movie thing. I mean, I just it's, yeah. it's going to take me a lot. It's going to take me a lot to get on board with that. And, you know, maybe I will, but... I don't know. I think we're of the same mind, too, where it's like, we say you got to work hard to get us on board, but, like, if you tell me a Han Solo movie's coming out, I'm there opening night. Of yeah. Like, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm losing my mind with excitement, but it, you got to tell me why we need to tell this Han Solo story, as opposed to just another story about a different smuggler, mm-hmm. scoundrel, right. you know, right. who's just having adventures with bounty hunters. Like, why does it have to be Han Solo? Why can't we use this movie to expand the universe mm-hmm. further, as opposed to continuing to just live in this one little bubble, where, because we'll probably get a Kenobi movie right. if not a trilogy, so. yeah. which is very exciting but it also it's the same thing it's right. like why don't we do a whole new story or why don't we go to the mm-hmm. old republic or explore yeah. some of that stuff too I, I feel sorry whoever's going to take this role on uh, I mean I'm looking at this kid right now this picture uh, on the article and I'm like well that's not Han Solo <laughs> and I, that, that makes me the a-hole but just going because you don't look like Han, uh, Han Solo to me. Like now, I'm out. I'm out on you. But that, that's not fair. And I'm sure he's a talented guy. I haven't seen him yet in, in things. Um, but I think anyone, whether it's Jack Ryan or Taron Egerton or anyone else, is going to be in that role. Uh, oof, I feel. Uh, yeah, oof, I'm feeling. I'm feeling tough. more. I'm feeling more positive than you guys. Okay. I, I, I agree with all the opinions, and I, I, I have thought them. But I, Hail Caesar. Honestly, his performance in Hail Caesar made everything come together for really? me. Yeah, because he just has boatloads of charm. That he does, and that yes. unlocked it for me. Of well, what if this movie? Maybe they won't do it this way. But what if this movie was just about fun? What mm-hmm. if it's just Han Solo and Chewie? Maybe they meet, whatever, but nothing seismic happens. It's just a romp. It's just fun. It's like an Ocean's Eleven yeah. in outer space. Yeah. yeah, and we don't have a lot of fun movies outside of Marvel. Even even those have an agenda put, to push the story forward. And as Disney's trying to figure out, how, how do we tell different Star Wars stories? What if they have one that's just fun? And it is just a young Han, played by a guy who just has tons of charm, written by Lawrence Kasdan. Just, yeah, vamping through the galaxy, getting into trouble, making smart-ass comments and shooting things. Like, I'd be down for two hours of that as long as the guy's charming. 
You're yeah. swaying me. Yeah, you, you sold really me. are. <laughs> sold me. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, be careful. He does this. He does this stuff all the time. I'm ready. When's it coming out? I can never <laughs> convince people to help me move, but I can change people's minds about Star Wars. Dude, I would buy a timeshare from you right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't go there. Ooh, that's an experience. Uh, this this <laughs> movie. Um, Look, I'll be there opening night too. Uh, I, uh, I I have my doubts. Uh, maybe it's because I, I just want Kenobi in the desert so much, which it might make me a weirdo. Uh, I don't. I don't. You're, you're not alone though. Uh, you yeah, know? Because you want to see the Star Wars equivalent of your own existence. Yes, exactly. You, you want to I want. See, I want to see how to get through it. Yeah, that's what. When, you know, when I lived in Hollywood and you were in the valley, we all talked about you like that. Like, oh, Kenny's this old hermit that lives beyond <laughs> the, the valley. That, that guy's just a crazy old wizard. <laughs> Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
<laughs> but you know, it, it does speak to something where we're so spoiled as Star Wars fans that we can even yeah. debate whether we yeah. want to see Han Solo. Are you <laughs> can kidding you imagine? me? Are you kidding me? That's yeah. an excellent point. Back when, back when Timothy Zahn and Kevin J. Anderson were cranking out novels because we needed something to keep us yeah. satiated yeah. until yes. we maybe get new movies that George Lucas might be tinkering with. Like, I would have killed to see yeah. a, a Wedge movie. I would have killed to yeah. see yeah. a Salacious Crumb movie. Oh my <laughs> gosh, please make it happen. Yeah. Someone make <laughs> <laughs> that film. Schnepp on movie fights pitched uh, a Salacious B. Crumb Rise of a Crime Lord story. <laughs> oh, nice. It was great. It was I always really said good. because uh, we did a Schmoes video when we first found out that they were doing, uh, that they weren't just going to be doing, you know, the, the new trilogy. They're going to be doing like stories and anthologies and stuff. And we speculated on, we, we, Christian wanted to do a top 10. And I'm like, dude, I don't know the extended universe that way. I don't know yeah. all yeah. of its canon as well as you don't read the books. But so I pitched a Job of the Hut gangster movie yeah. directed by Martin oh. Scorsese. And I think oh. it'd be so good. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That would work. <laughs> that would work. Uh, the Force Awakens score was uh, really good, guys. Uh, though it didn't pop at first, and upon listens, repeat viewings, uh, repeat listens, uh, I love the score and thought it was uh, some great sublime work by Williams. But Rogue One's not going to have Williams. Right? No. In fact, this will be the first Star Wars film to not have John Williams be the composer. So while Lucasfilm and Disney have not made any official announcement, mm. composer Alexander Desplat, I believe, uh, recently <laughs> yeah. confirmed that, yes, he will be working on the music for Rogue One in nice. a few weeks. So here's why I think it's so interesting about this story is that people were like, who's the composer? Is Alexander in? Is he out? And I thought, why, why do we care? Normally, movies don't make this announcement. But it's because John Williams is Star Wars. Right. And he is an integral part of it. So it's going to be interesting to see this new film, mm-hmm. what it's like without him. Do we think he can do it? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. because of the greatness of John Williams is why. Because John Williams set such a great template for Mm. how you make Star Wars move musically. He did such an amazing job of showing us. And that where in the same way, one of the things, a few things I liked about Superman Returns is that they borrowed John Williams' score from the original Superman, the movie. Mm. And then they inject, I can't remember who the composer of it was, but they injected freshness into it. But you always had those familiar notes. Same way that Giacchino did uh, John Williams' score with, uh, with Jurassic World. Like you felt cool. the okay. notes of Jurassic World, but you also had some new stuff in there. And then while the new stuff, you know, you, you can say it's like going to see Journey and they play new songs and it's like, guys, just play the hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I really, the first time I saw Force Awakens, though, I was like, John Williams still has it. Because mm-hmm. I was doubting, even because the prequel music, I never, Duel of the Fates is cool. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's always cool to hear men chant Latin, but the rest of it, it's like, it just didn't move me. I don't mm. like some of the themes outright. I hear them and I'm, I don't want that stuck in my head, but The Force Awakens, I thought, served the story so well. If you can learn from the master, and that's what you're doing, you're learning from mm-hmm. the greatest composer yeah. to ever live in the modern era, then I think we're going to be fine. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think we all at some point are going to have to accept as, as they make more films, Williams, uh, unlike Darth Plagueis the Wise, cannot cheat death. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, it's a reality. So the transition is going to happen. I think this is a great way to get us all as, as fans who have a tendency to obsess over things um, to experience something new. And I can tell you right now that, that the, the music in the Rogue One trailer already grabbed me. Loved Whether it. or not Desplat did that or not, whoever did that, mm-hmm. it was beautiful and I loved that. It's always nice to hear music and know that it kicks ass even when you're hearing a huge alarm go off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I still like the band right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think there's room to do some like big bold things. If he sticks kind of close enough to the themes that make sense, that especially in a war movie, 
that he can go just kind of bonkers with like some big loud noises and do something kind of his own duel of the fates and to start to have that movement for like we have this tradition we have this backbone but we gotta grow some new stuff too Mm -hmm. it's a good movie to do that in Right, mm-hmm. right. It's so right. fascinating how now the torch is being passed, you know, with John Williams and obviously J.J. Abrams and the new cast. Like, it's, we, we have Across to. the board. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, John Williams is 84 years old. So. Yeah, I saw him uh, when I was at the, the red carpet for the Star Wars premiere. Not so red carpet. Oh, <laughs> I was there. And, wow. and I was standing right next to John Williams. And uh, I didn't, because I, I bugged Mark Hamill and I bugged George Lucas, but I uh, I just, I was standing next to John Williams and he just like, He's just a dude, you know? Mm. And he's just a dude mm. walking the red carpet, and he's right. 84 years old. And I was just like, I'm not going to bother this guy for yeah. a selfie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, so, and, and, you know, I'm not going to put a time limit on how long he's going to be around, but it was like, yeah, this guy probably doesn't need to, you know, get into the studio every year and mm. do all these Star Wars stories. It's it's let somebody else have the yeah. reins. It's right. a bittersweet moment on the, the yeah. Blu-ray where they have the nice little uh, coverage of his score, and he just has that, like, I don't really know how many more I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He seems so pleasant and alert, and you're like, yeah. oh, the, oh, yeah, mortality. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. I hate that. But even if, he, even if he couldn't come back for episode eight, I think episode seven is, like, his Jordan in 98 hitting that shot against the Jazz yeah. and just walking away. Yeah, you know, race theme is, yeah. It's, it, it's a great way to walk into the, to be like Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade, just to ride off into the sunset at the end. It's a great way yeah. to go out. Yeah, yeah. Good, good thing they didn't make a fourth one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, just to round up the news and head into our main discussion, Jennifer, what do we have? Yeah, so lastly, the original trilogy is going to be back in select theaters across oh. the country this August. So the Alamo Draft House is sponsoring this road show as they're calling it and tickets will go on sale uh, on of course May the 4th mm. and some screenings will be a triple feature where you can watch episodes 4 through 6 back to back but you'll also be able to watch just A New Hope or Empire Jedi separately which I like because mm. I can't do a whole binge session yes yeah, right a mom yeah. um, <laughs> and it's just so we're clear these are the special editions so ah, not the original yes. original okay. but you know that was going to gonna be my discussion, uh, my question, and part yeah. of our main discussion today, right, Justin? Yeah, yeah, to talk about kind of the legacy of the special editions, because it's been so long now, almost 20 years since the special editions. Uh, th- this got uh, announced, and it, almost all of the news coverage says the original trilogy, which right. we understand this is the original trilogy. And immediately I saw, like, some angry hate and comments of, like, this is not the original trilogy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of curious to just see, we've never talked about it on a Force Center, where yeah. people are at with the special editions personally, but also at at some point, do we just need to accept that mm. these are the editions, like the most current version that Lucas handed off to Disney, that's just it, and, mm. and that will be it, and we should let it go. Mm. So, Mark, I, I'm curious, what, what, is your, yeah. what is your general arc with this? How angry were you back in the day? I actually have a very uh, different outlook than I think most people do okay. with the special editions because I it always transforms me back to where I was in life at that time, yeah. where I was a teenager, and it wasn't just like it wasn't just them re-releasing the movies in theaters. It was, hey, we're building up Star Wars hype again because guess what, kids? George Lucas just announced he's working on a new trilogy, and mm-hmm. it's going to be Episode One, Two, and Three. So I didn't go there just hoping. 
to see the movie I loved again. I went there and I was excited to see the new scenes he put in. I wanted to see what the CGI looked like yeah. because it's him getting back in the gym and getting those hurting reps on again. You know, okay. he's, he's, yeah. he, he's, he's practicing. It's, it's, yeah. it's like it's, it's like when you're a boxer training for a fight and occasionally they let the press in and you actually get to watch them like like throw punches and jump rope. You're not in the ring yet, but you still get to see it. And you're like, dude, this guy's in great shape. So I like seeing like all mm. those all mm. those new additions. I, I hate the Greedo shooting first. I think it's I think yeah. it's stupid. Right. It's ridiculous. I still like the job of the hut scene. I think it's cool. <gasps> really? I enjoy you? it. You yeah. do. You know mm. why? Because you get to see Harrison Ford in his prime do a different scene mm. it's like, <laughs> that I'd never seen before. And so I like the promise. Or it, and even if the potential wasn't lived up to with the prequels, which it wasn't, but you still saw that, and you saw a guy, this creative genius, at one point in his time, going back and learning a craft again and I thought it was so cool because of the hope it presented so yeah. that's how I think of it now would I love to see the original original trilogy in theaters yes I think yeah. that's I think that's gonna happen one day I think that they're mm. gonna make those those available on Blu-ray eventually they're gonna get some more money out of us first <laughs> but um, yeah so I, I and I miss the Yub Nub song I miss a lot of things yeah. but yeah. I just don't hate them because I go back to where I was at that time and I was so excited for new Star Wars anything new you gave me was okay with me. Right, so your special edition cup was half full, not empty. So when you saw that Jabba exactly. scene, it wasn't like his ridiculous cartoon face. It was, damn, Harrison Ford in his prime. Yeah. You focused on the positive. Yeah. Cool. And it was, and, and it was nice to see, like, and, and again, the scene didn't come off perfectly. You know, yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. look the most realistic I've ever seen, but it's nice seeing Jabba the Hutt, man. Yeah. You know, I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Ken, what's your special edition I, baggage? Um, I am generally positive with, with a lot of the stuff. I think I uh, that scene in particular, I was excited to see because I grew up grew up um, reading the scene number one in the novel mm-hmm. right. but two getting those shots of the uh, heavy set kind of Irish actor or whatever sitting there ha yeah. my boy uh, <laughs> so I was like oh guys this scene's gonna fun. and then eh, okay I didn't like it but I kind of agree with you it was like I finally saw that scene and that was the scene that got the most hype when they re-released yes. Star Wars in theaters it's like yes. oh Han's talking to Jabba and we're like yeah. what the hell yeah and then uh, I liked seeing extra big stuff it, had nothing. it was like a deleted scene that had nothing mm-hmm. really to do with the story but you know I was more bummed that I I didn't get to see Biggs and, and Cammy and everyone down at yeah. the Moss Eisley uh, hanging out wherever with <laughs> Tashi Station, Tashi yeah. Station, which is again how the novel starts. So I grew up with that part. So, but overall, I, I I had a positive experience with it. I really actually like Empire. I love the changes to Cloud City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it does. It looks better. It doesn't look like a bad 1970s uh, Buck Rogers set, mm-hmm. uh, which Cloud City I think does. If you go back and watch the originals, um, Jedi. Uh, I don't like the job. Hutt's Palace Rock video. Uh, Jedi Rocks is hard. Jedi Rocks is hard. I hate, I hate um, (laughs) uh, Little Shop of Horrors Sarlacc Pit. Okay. Um, You know why I hate that? Because I I just watch Jedi again, as I frequently do. And the first time I just noticed, because Boba Fett, you know, we all think he's alive. We all think he's survived the Sarlacc Pit. It's a lot easier to survive the Sarlacc Pit when it didn't bite you like yes like the new the, like because you see him go in in the original one it just goes into this like little you know spiky vagina and it's yeah. like okay yes. I think we can get out yes. of this but then the thing like bites him yeah and it's like that's you're not surviving that you're not yeah. 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 yeah 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 I agree with that this is the disturbing thing that I've come around to uh, about the Sarlacc change because at first mm. I, w- I wasn't sure about it but now the Sarlacc actually has agency and I realized mm. before it was just a hole that <laughs> Jabba was just <laughs> throwing a bunch of dudes <laughs> into like, and now a- at least it's choosing to bite yeah. so it's got some agency <laughs> maybe <laughs> 
Joseph is a Sarlacc Pits rights activist. Uh, Jennifer, how do you feel about the special editions? Uh, you know, I did like them. I did accept them. I mm. liked all the changes, except for in Jedi. And I don't know mm. if it's because that one was my favorite at the time, but I mm. hated all the changes in Jedi. Right. You know, Jedi Rocks made me so angry mm. because yeah, it's Sai Snoodles, we got to see, learned so much from her from her original song. Yeah. Taking that away from her was just a crime. And it feels like it did a disservice to who to all the puppeteers that worked yeah. on the original yeah. Thomas Palestine because it was such a cool look that they exactly. missed. Exactly, yeah. And then, of course, the Sarlacc Pit as mm. well and Yub Nub. Ewok Celebration yeah. has a very new-agey vibe, although yeah. I've made peace with it now, so <laughs> I'm okay That's with that. That's appropriate with a new-age song. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I can get yeah. behind Groove the ending. I love, I have the Jedi soundtrack with Yub Nub on it and everything, and I'll right. listen to it seriously. It's fun. It's a fun song. But I do like that we got to see the galaxy as a whole celebrating. Yes. Um, I was okay with that. I'm still okay with that. Uh, but yeah, you know, there was a part of me, again, when you grow up, that's the first thing in the theater uh, I saw was Jedi. Uh, I, I, I want to see some Ewoks just uh, singing along to their own uh, song. Yeah, right. and I would have been great with with Yub Nub over that those new scenes, like, yeah. like, like seeing all the different, like seeing Coruscant and Naboo yeah. and stuff like that. Because again, that was like you left Jedi and you saw these new planets and we're like, God, right. we got two years, and then we yeah. get to see all these things in yeah. a real movie again. So yeah. I just I still get giddy. Like even and, and Ken and I have had this conversation for years. Is it how great the Phantom Menace trailer is? So everything yeah. leading up, <laughs> yeah, it gave you like, all of this excitement. I, yeah. I, I just I can't be too, too disappointed because it gave me so much fun to speculate. And like finally we have something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. I think for the special editions for me, I I think you guys are pinpointing something for me where the the places where it replaced something are hard. Yeah. But the places where it added something new, yeah. I can accept. I yeah. love mm-hmm. the Wampa scene in Empire Strikes Back. Agree. Oh, That's yeah. absolutely yeah. a great Definitely. addition. I love to see the galaxy celebrating at the end of Jedi because mm-hmm. it expands the story in a good way. But those places where they took away something we loved in the past is hard. Yeah. Um, would you guys, are you guys happy to see these movies in the theater? Or are you are you upset about this announcement? It seems like in general, everybody's pretty positive. So you guys are like, fine, I'm excited. I'm going to go see these oh, in yeah. the theater. Cause yeah. it, they're the movies. We accept that at this point. Because it was so fun to see it. in what was that? 95 was the, when the first versions came out. 97. That's a 97. Oh, time yeah. flies. Um, that's, I mean, I love the, the trailers even. I mean, you guys hear me say star Wars. It's because it's, it's a call to that trailer. We're right. seeing it again for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I felt great though. I bought three tickets to a new hope that one day and halfway through the second show and I was like what did I do <laughs> I've seen this movie 50 times <laughs> so for this time around if I can get to an Alamo draft house which I don't believe any are locally uh, um, I'll see them one at a time on separate nights there's yeah. a few in Northern California and I think it's August 6th in San Francisco is one of the first ones because they're doing it like different times at different theaters yeah. in the okay. country and I'm actually going to be in San Francisco I think around that time mm. and so I definitely want to check it out because Alamo draft house does a lot of great things yeah yeah, right. yeah. Right, it's right. a really they really are for movie lovers and um, I will definitely see it because like, I, I, I didn't have time I was I was just too busy to go to a marathon leading up yeah. to The Force Awakens and right. as much as I love Star Wars it's I still have to sit through 12 
13 hours of content yeah. before yeah. I get to this thing that I've been <laughs> bracing for years or so. Yeah. I like that it's not marathon. You can just go see one movie. Because I'll probably go see good. probably go see Jedi first. Like that'd be yeah. I, it's yeah. my that favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. 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 It's a fun theater movie. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of the big battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff. I'm excited yeah. to like yeah. cheer with other people again. Yeah. yeah. It's at the Ace Theater here in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. All in one yeah. day. Mm-hmm. It's okay. some it's I can't remember what day it is in August. I think maybe around August sixth too. So yeah. So so we can all go together, maybe if we have time. And a quick note if I may about the special. Yeah, yeah, please. And I know there's the, the, the 2005 DVD Blu-rays they've got some changes there's and everything many different we editions can, at this point we can yeah. pinpoint that and do a breakdown a BuzzFeed top 50 changes we hate list um, <laughs> but the one thing I'll say about the special editions from 97 is for many of our, our listeners out there and some of our colleagues this was their first experience with Star Wars right, right. I think of Maud Garrett who uh, said that was my first time I ever saw it I was 11 so that to me is Star Wars um, she acknowledges and I think has seen the original versions but so I can't take it away from from those fans either. Like, yeah, I, I was a, a grumpy uh, 21-year-old at the time already going, well, that that's not what an X-Wing looks like. <laughs> it looks like a model. Um, but uh, I think there's a, uh, their own, they're 20 years now, that's that's their own legacy. Yeah, yeah. I think there is a lot in Star Wars that is just a, you have to accept the things you don't like because there, there's something about Star Wars that you love the overall thing, but then there's always bits and pieces. It's just like it's this chocolate cake of deliciousness where there's just always something weird in there and you're like yeah why is there an onion in the middle of this piece and then somebody else is like i love onion with chocolate cake there's just something about it you know what's interesting uh, too is that is it if, if it really is the 97 versions then at the end of uh, jedi you're not going to see hayden christensen as oh the yeah Force oh, Ghost. i think these are probably Sebastian. i think these are probably the most recent because i think disney just took whatever lucas did last well um, well i think that was part of the big press release though is that it's not the 2011 oh it is it? it's the actual versions from 97, 97. that was my understanding oh okay. really well I misunderstood well, that. Which is wow. shocking. It's shocking that, that they would, would that shocking. they would do that. Yeah. That they would allow that on the street. Maybe it's, it's rights that are out of their control. I'm, I'm not sure, but it seems mm. very weird that they would let anything in theaters that is not, you know, inconsistent wow. with what the new prequels brought us. So Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm delighted by that news because it's just going to add to, like, the confusion <laughs> right. of different people. Like, what edition came out when and what? Yeah. 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 And, like, the CGI on some yeah. spots looks real spotty. So that's it does. Oh, that'll be yeah. great. I'm it, looking forward to that. As long uh, as it's a version where the Ewoks are blinking. I'm okay. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so my last question on this is just sort of the, the philosophical discussion that goes around about who has a right to change something that it was given to us. Uh, it was created by George, but now it's released to us. So we as the public own it. George doesn't own it. And obviously he's always from the perspective. No, I own it. Mm-hmm. Would you guys make changes to anything of Star Wars if somebody just came along and gave you the power? Kathleen Kennedy called you up and said, you can do anything you want to the prequels. You can make a tweak to The Force Awakens. What side of that debate would you guys come down on? Would you make your changes? Or would you just say, those are the movies made by the creators and I'm not going to do anything? You know what's weird is that I think I would change something in Force Awakens before I mess with the prequels. Like, there's something yeah. where, like, I can mess with another fan's movie, but I can't mess with George <laughs> Lucas's Oh, yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I wouldn't make a big change. The only change I'd make in Force Awakens is at the end, I, I would have Chewie and Leia have some sort of heartfelt hug. Right. Because sure. Chewie just runs by her. And, and, and my, my rationalization as a fan is that Chewie's pissed off at her because she's the one 
one that made Han feel guilty <laughs> about losing his son. Yeah. So Chewie's eyes, it's like your buddy who's like so whipped, you know, yeah. like, dude, you, she, he wouldn't be dead if you didn't make him feel so awful about that. Yeah. He just doesn't want nothing to do with her. <laughs> That's but, a good um, headcanon story. Yeah. Though. I mean, I, like I, I think that, I think that sometimes art becomes more than, uh, than the ownership of any one person. It's, mm-hmm. it's like if you write a great song, you know, or you, you, you make a great film or you write an amazing book, it's, it's no longer just yours. And artists have trouble accepting that. Yeah. That now it belongs to all of us that, no, you can't tinker this anymore because, because it's all mm-hmm. of our, it's not just yours anymore, George. It's everybody owns this yeah. and it's in our consciousness. So you can't go back and change it. Like, you know, the same way, like the Mona Lisa, it's like, Oh, I want to get rid I, I want to get rid of those eyebrows a little bit. It's like, <laughs> yeah. sorry, dude, that's, it's no longer yours, Leo. It's everybody's right. It's a document of the time. What yeah. about you, Ken? Would you well, change you know, anything? I think I'm, I'm on the record saying how much I hate like fan edits. And, mm-hmm. and I know some of you that probably offends you out there. I don't, don't take it personally. Uh, I just don't want to mess with George's work. Um, and so I don't want to see your 14 minute cut of attack of the clone. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> just don't. All right, like it or not, Lucas made that, and that's his mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I definitely think George has a right to. Uh, if you read Chris Taylor's book, he was tinkering with A New Hope as it was in theaters the first weekend. Yeah, he was pulling Hamill back to re-record some sound. Mm-hmm. So that is Lucas is an artist at heart. Um, you can look at Radio Land Murders and forget that, but he is an <laughs> artist at heart, and so I think he's always going to see it as a piece of clay he can move around. I agree with you though, Mark. After a while, this is all. Um, it's not like uh, you know the Beatles re-releasing "Let It Be" naked was different because it didn't add a happy chorus along a winding road suddenly mm-hmm. about ice cream and puppy dogs. No, it kept <laughs> it kept the integrity and in what we love about "Long Winding Road" or that album. But but you also can get the original Beatles stuff too. Still, like when yeah. they do that, like, like I'm a huge Van Halen fan, and one of the things that they re- quickly retracted is that when they had the new lineup on all their old albums, they replaced Michael Anthony with Wolfgang. Wow. They, just, they, they, they took out a picture of Michael Anthony, they put in a picture of Wolfgang, and it's like, dude, you can't, and the fans were like, what the? Yeah. What that's on albums he didn't play on? And it's like, yeah. And, oh, and, and, and it's that's like, what, what, what are you guys doing? We know that it's a different lineup now, but no, that's still Michael Anthony. So it's it's the same kind of thing. It's like, like yeah. once it gets to a certain place, it's no longer just that, your yeah. property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jennifer? Would you change anything? No, George is the maker. You know, he is a genius, and I trust his vision, whatever that may be. Uh, if I thought I could do better, I would go off and make my own Star Wars movies. But <laughs> yeah. I can't, so yeah. I don't. You know, so I make right. YouTube things. Uh, so <laughs> for me, and I think it's interesting, people are like, I think it's also that secrecy of, well, why hasn't he released the original trilogy, the, his original cut? Why are they keeping it from us? I actually think people might be slightly disappointed mm-hmm. if they were to see it and be like, you know, actually, the special editions are not so bad. It's like with After the Force Awakens, suddenly people were like, you know, the prequels are actually not so bad. Right. So I, I think that it's just that idea of that he's kind of like this overbearing creator. Right. He com- comes across as stubborn to me. Yes, right. Uh, and he has always been an independent maverick and doing right. things, you know, that my rich neighbors are upset with me. I will put in low-cost low housing right next to them, <laughs> which is that. great. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of it also carries over to this, where he's been a little bit of a stubborn guy and holding yeah. it back. That's probably my biggest issue with it. I agree with you, Mark. Like, uh, yeah, I can go get the original. I can get the Phil Spector version of mm-hmm. Long and Winding Road mm-hmm. if I want to or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so holding it back. But again, I, let's not forget, he is a genius artist. He is. He is the guy who made TX, THX 1138, yeah. and it was weird and crazy and, and kind of kooky, and that's who he is, and he just stumbled onto writing the biggest pop song in the world. 
and yeah. doesn't change who he is. So yeah, I think you made a great point, Jennifer. Of like, I think what we all really want in our hearts is a choose your own adventure Star Wars, where we can swap out the bits in the pieces <laughs> that we want. If we right. see the original, I'll be like, I would want that. I want the. I want Han to shoot Greedo first, right. but I do want the Wampa in there. Exactly. Like, I think I would find myself pushed and pulled. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. for the most part, I'll watch anything. We, we yeah. want like a build a bear Star Wars. <laughs> we want a build a bear Star. Wars. <laughs> oh, down yes. Down the only change I would make is I would go into the prequels and I I love the line. Uh, this weapon is your life. I would change the shot so it's not on Obi-Wan's weird CGI'd face with fake beard. <laughs> so I can just enjoy the line without going, yeah. what's wrong? That's, right. that's, that's the change I'd make. That, and that's actually a good premise, too, is is if you have to go back and change something. If you're not allowed Ooh. to say, no, no, man, that's his oh, word. Yeah, right. You have to go back and change something. I think it's very easy. I think probably y'all will agree with me is just take out the no. Yeah. Oh, yes. Take out the no. Take I cannot, out the no, and you're good to go. I, I cannot mm. stand seeing Darth Vader vulnerable. Uh, yeah. When he's Darth Vader, I cannot yeah. stand it. Yeah. You know, it, and it, and it's one thing. Luke, help me take this this mask off because we just went through this journey right. with this guy, and we literally saw him become find his good again. But that scene when he's like just Frankenstein, and again he just says, "No, I just can't handle it, man." Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. It's comedic. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think. Complaining about a beat is a perfect point to move on from a discussion of the special editions. <laughs> it's a great button. No. But now we're going to go to some fan questions. This is where we get to talk to you guys. You can, of course, follow us at Force Center Pod, and you can use the hashtag Force Center, and we can use some of your questions on the show, and you get to have a Star Wars conversation with us. Uh, this first one, Joseph, I love it. Um, I'll start off here. And, yeah, go for uh, it. This one, uh, we were trying to get into last week's show, or yeah. last Force Center, <laughs> and we just uh, had run out of time. And this is from Darth Grumpy, which I believe is in the prequels, um, <laughs> at Twice Bitten 422 and he says, if Han Solo... It, Han! Solo is going to have a cameo in Rogue One. What is your best hope of how it will happen? Han Solo, Rogue One, do you want it? Do you need it? And how would you want it to happen? Jennifer, your sign. Yeah. So I'm starting with you. I think they have to have him. They after they cast, really? yeah, after they cast Alden uh, Aaron Wright, mm-hmm. he's. I think they're going to have a quick appearance of him just to get us used to the idea <laughs> that you know, yeah. this is the new Han Solo. I really believe it. I don't know what it's going to be. I have no idea. Partially because I think I don't want it to happen, but it needs <laughs> to happen. It has hmm. to. Hmm. Yeah. No. Um. I'm thinking. Joseph? I, I think that it would be cool to see him in a cameo if it was the right thing. I don't think it's necessary. I think it would be smart. I'm so fascinated with how much Disney tries to use the Marvel model on Star Wars. And I think they, my guess is they haven't decided yet. Mm-hmm. But if they're following the Marvel model, of course, throw him in there because it gets people excited. Right. If they got to have him in there, I think it would be great if like our Rogue One heroes were going to a cantina to get information. Is just as they're about to walk in the door, some jerk gets thrown out. And just, you know, gets thrown into the mud, stands up and fires a shot at the building just to be a jerk. Like, just some real character charm moment. And you just know by his costume, that's Han Solo. Like, I think it should be something like that. Okay. I don't want him giving information. I don't want him, like, playing a narrative role. I want him colorful in the background if he's there. Fair enough. Mr. Yeah, Ellis? I, if, if it's going to be in it, uh, I don't think it's necessary for him to be in it. But if he's going to be in it, I want it to be quick. Um, yeah. You don't necessarily have to have him. You can have uh, his spaceship. Yeah, being around, you know, just kind of just knowing that, okay, Han is Han's around this universe. It could be the best case scenario might be the uh, the X-Men first class Wolverine cameo. Yeah. When it's like, look, we're going on a very dangerous mission. Okay, we're going to go into some seedy places to look for the best of the best or at least whoever can keep a good secret. So we walk in Han Solo. Maybe the idea gets broached to him. F off. 
You yeah. Know, something, like that, something quick like that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I don't. I definitely don't think it's necessary. And also, the timeline and the time frame. Don't forget is is tremendously close to New Hope, where he is a at the time of New Hope a scoundrel on uh, being a scoundrel uh, um, on Tatooine. He's yeah. not in the Imperial Academy. He's not that. But uh, uh, if it's going to happen, something quick, <laughs> something brief, something funny. Maybe it's the Falcon. Maybe it's the ship. Maybe someone says, "Hey, you need a, need a ride. Go get this guy." And they're at the Falcon, and no one shows up, and they're like, "Screw it." <laughs> <laughs> and then you know something like that. Um, He's I, an Uber driver who doesn't yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, but just to ease Jen's fear, we will not have him step on Jabba's tail. Yeah, have that. <laughs> yeah, maybe something like that. There uh, on Facebook is another way to talk to us. Of course, you can go to our Facebook page, Force Center, and you can write us questions there. Either messages or on the board there. And Gregory Allen Prost says, uh, if Thrawn was only half adapted, how would you feel about that? Like it was the character, but he was human instead of Chiss. How much can you change and still have the character be the character? I think this is great for both Thrawn and Mara Jade, two characters people definitely want to see. Thrawn is a focus because the Rogue One trailer Ben Mendelsohn's character is definitely dressed like Thrawn, but as we've learned and Jennifer Landa has pointed out that could very simply be just another security officer in the Rebellion. But guys, Thrawn, half adapted, would you be happy? And Where do you stand on that, Joseph? Yeah, I, I'm not as attached to Thrawn as other people are. Yeah. I like the strategist idea. If you're going to tell the Empire's racism story, I think it's interesting from that perspective. So to me, in order for the character to be interesting He's kind of got to be that has to have those two components. He has to be mm-hmm. a master strategist, which is a hard story to tell because it's kind of that Superman problem where you keep making everybody really impressive. Tarkin should be a great strategist. So how is Thrawn a better strategist? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that he also has to have that unique look and there has to be a story to that look of, you know, this new canon has to decide firmly is the Empire racist or do we just not want to tell that story? Right. And I feel like Thrawn is tied up in those ideas. Mm, interesting. Yeah, you know, I there's some rumors, right, that he might actually be appearing in Rebels in the next season. Is oh, that, cool. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting way to approach it. I don't know how I feel about it being half adapted, but then again, I can't imagine that they would have him in any of the films because there'd be so much expectation. Yeah. So I don't think that they're going to go there. Although, you know, they've been cherry picking things here and there, so you never know. But it'd be interesting to see if he is on Rebels. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's their right. Is whereas with George Lucas, it's like that—that's the guy who created everything. So everything that he says goes. Right. Um, I think that you should be allowed to cherry pick stuff from the extended universe that you want to fit in there. Where I think you run into a bit of a gray area—not for me personally, but I think for hardcore fans of Thrawn, it's maybe you—you you can take elements of the character, but don't call him Thrawn. Exactly. Right. Call yeah. him right. something else because you're just going to piss off fans mm-hmm. if he's yeah. Thrawn, yeah. but he's not the same color. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Like that should be something where you can take elements of oh this guy we like this we like the, we like the Mary Jade character we just we don't want to call her Mary Jade we want to inject that personality into somebody else yeah. and make it fresh because then we're not beholden to all the fan expectations exactly. yeah yeah I'd rather it be take. completely new I'd rather it not have anything elements might be one thing but I don't want it to be feel like I'm watching a watered down different version of Thrawn or Mary Jade look if in Episode Eight Luke tells Ray hey uh, your mother's this girl. 
girl uh, named, uh, you know, Mary Sue, pun intended. Um, <laughs> um, but it looks like what we think Mara Jade is, everything. I, okay, but I'd rather than just make it Mara Jade mm-hmm. to just or create something completely new. Yeah. Same with Thrawn. Now, if he shows up in Rebels, that's interesting to me. You can maybe get away with it more. I love the character. I love the, the okay. Zahn books. Um, but I also don't think it that character fits as well. I don't. It's a blue alien with little creatures on it that keeps the force away. Yeah. And oh, yeah, that yeah. part I can't it's, stand. It's, it's yeah. a little cheesy. It's mm-hmm. a little dated. And so I don't feel the need to shoehorn him in in any way. Uh, if they do it, I'm sure they'll do it. Rebels is a good spot for it. I'm yeah, more Rebels intrigued by that, not Rogue One. Um, so, uh, Greg, uh, Gregory, that is a great question, though, and a lot of people are discussing that. Our final one for the day from uh, back on Twitter, Char- uh, Tyler Charleston at Tyler Charles. Uh, this one, uh, Joseph, I think it's going to hit close to home for you. A lot of people find General Hawks kind of lame. What would make his character more interesting to you on this podcast on which you stand? <laughs> if they let me actually play him, I think. I would knock it out of the park. Uh, yeah, I get compared to General Hawks, which is a problem in life. It's a good problem to have. Hey, um, I know all about being compared to somebody in episode seven. That's right. Yeah. right? Yeah. Is yeah. Your, yeah, Malatik. I, I got that. I still get it constantly. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jennifer just... Constantly, just, yeah. Yeah. Did you just okay. Did you just see it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I literally, I can check my Twitter feed any day of the week, and it's, welcome to Conjure Club. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you, did you, when you were watching the movie, did you see it? Did you like, hey, that guy kind of looks like me? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I was sitting in a screening room next to... Uh, 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 Adam Halavik, Andy Signore, Amy Rose Eisenbach, Alicia Malone, and Josh Tapia. And all, like five of us, muttered to ourselves, Mark Ellis. <laughs> it's a pretty good role. It's a, he's a pretty cool dude, right? Yeah, and, and well, the, the bummer is, it, it, it's, a neat, it's an interesting character, but I'm yeah. kind of bummed he didn't die in episode <laughs> seven, because now he might come back in episode eight, and i got to go through all this. Oh, crap. yeah, now there's going to be, like, yeah, a short story on Kindle. It's right. going to be the Mark Ellis story <laughs> in Star Wars, yeah. yeah. But as far as Hawks, uh, what... what I didn't think he was lame. I think like a lot of the characters in The Force Awakens, we saw the tip of the tip of the iceberg. And I think what's there is interesting. You just barely had any screen time. time. And I Mm -hmm. think especially, you know, what, what they've already fleshed out in books and even on his data bank entry. Yeah. That he's a guy who absolutely believes in the technological terror and doesn't really care about Kylo Ren's Force stuff, or even if he does thinks, well, you're just distracted by your hang-up with your family. And mm-hmm. that's a really interesting perspective. It, it forces Kylo Ren into care, into corners, and I'd yeah. love to see more of it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm on the record of saying I, I didn't like him the first couple of viewings. I still still not my favorite. I think it's over the top, but it serves a purpose. But he becomes interesting to me, and I, I really picked up on this on my, my Blu-ray viewing at, yeah. at home, where I had maybe some time. When the role reverses, and he, He's he's no longer afraid of Ray, uh, Ray, uh, Ray uh, Kylo Ren. Excuse me. Um, when he's in the beginning, you're kind of it, Ren's the Vader, and this is more not quite the Tarkin. This is a guy because he's threatening kind of Hux. But when the role reverses and Hux is kind of like Snoke, your kid's at it again. <laughs> There's something kind of intriguing to me because it shows he has power. When like Snoke's like, go pick up the kid at the school. We're gonna go take him home and practice a little bit more. He failed yeah. his failed his, his soccer tryout today. <laughs> Um, then Hux became a little more interesting. So if we can focus on that, or if that had been more established earlier, I might have gravitated to the character a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. 
Yeah, they didn't really give him a lot in episode seven. Um, I think acting wise, yeah, he didn't get to show as many colors as I would like. But I'll tell you what, there is a fan fiction out there, a fan canon with no. him having a cat called Millicent, and it is hilarious. <laughs> and there's all these different, you know, drawings of, of Hawks petting this orange cat. It's absurd, oh, and people great. love it. Yeah, that's hysterical. Now yeah. that would show a different side to him. That's right. So he's like, he's like. John in, in the Garfield comics. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. General um, John Hux. I think he's I think he's interesting from the perspective of Snoke. Like I, I yeah. want to know why Snoke uh, believes in him so much. Or, you know, because yeah. it really yeah. seems like him and Snoke have like a pretty good working relationship. You know, it's, yep. it's like what what's in your background that makes this this weirdo with the the forehead and like the how this mysterious guy yeah. trust you so much with running this? And how's that going to play out when your base just got blown the f up? Like, yeah, yeah. you're going to come home and you're going to get spanked. Are you like wh- how does that? How does his him and Kylo's relationship with Snoke is something that is very, very interesting that I hope they explore yeah. in episode eight when we're not finding out who Ray's parents are. Yeah. <laughs> That's an excellent point, too. Yeah, Hux, uh, they're losing the base, they're losing Starkiller base, and, and the focus seemed to be more about Ren and, and mm-hmm. that Snoke was okay with that. And, yeah. and not that. I mean, it almost seemed like Early on, Hux is like, hey, my base is ready. And Snoke's like, okay, give it a go. Give it a go. But anyways, yeah. there's some bigger stuff we've yeah. got to worry about. And so I, I didn't have a problem there. with that character either. And, and that, that speech that, that everybody says is like so over the top and stuff. It's like, dude, he's he's doing an outdoor venue, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and if you've ever been on stage in an outdoor venue, you know the mic, you can't really hear yourself. Yeah. So you, like, yeah. like, you tend to get louder and yell and be more expressive just to make sure everybody can hear you and see what's Fair going enough. on. Yeah. So that's exactly the way oh, that right. any talented public speaker right. would be forced to deliver that speech. He's a space Nazi at Coachella. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, wow. There you go. So guys, thanks for the questions. As always, you can submit them on Facebook on our Facebook page, Force Center, or via Twitter. Use the hashtag Force Center and follow us at Force Center Pod, and we will get to your questions. Now we're going to wrap up the show with our very fun segment that we love doing so much called Finish the Fan Fiction. <laughs> Yeah, so you wrote last week's uh, last week's prompt. Yeah. Did you want to share the winner? I will, I will. Awesome. So here's last week's prompt, Mark. You can kind of catch up and see how it works here. The beeps and boops from BB-8 could still be heard down the hallway from the hangar bay. He didn't like leaving his friend behind, but this time he had to. The mission was too important. At least that's what Poe kept telling himself as he strapped into the shuttle. His co-pilot put a reassuring hand on his shoulder and said, So our winner is Jim Vial, who says... <laughs> Uh, his co-pilot put a reassuring hand on his shoulder and said, it's 106 miles to Chicago. We've got a full tank of gas, half a bag of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a great answer, Jim. Way to go. Yeah, so we, uh, we put these, we play the game ourselves, and then we put the prompt that we play on our Facebook page after the episode comes out, and you guys give us your great answers, and we read some here on the podcast. You guys out there in the listening audience have the benefit of sitting at a computer and thinking. <laughs> Whereas we do not as we answer the prompts. Uh, Ken has kindly written the prompt for the last couple of episodes. Uh, so I wrote a new one here, and we're going to go ahead and play it. Ken, do you want to start? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here is your prompt. Vader bent down on one knee before his master, Emperor Palpatine, the triumphant Sith Lord known only to a few as Darth Sidious, leaned forward. A smile spread across his pale, sickly flesh, and his yellow eyes seemed to glow from within the darkness of his hood. Lord Vader, said Palpatine, the time has come to reveal the true goal of the Sith. 
Our ultimate purpose is <laughs> to get the universe to accept the dark side of the force and become one and then join our weekly slam poetry contest <laughs> where we will work out our feelings through the power of poetry. Now rise, Lord Vader. <laughs> wow. Excellent. Excellent. Well right. done. Took that to dark places. Right? Well, you did. You did. It was a pretty dark place. But it's the dark side. You got you to gotta face the darkness sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> really uh, good. Yeah. Do you want to go next, Jennifer? Sure. All right. All right. Oh, boy. That's a tough one to follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of oh knocked gosh. it out of the old park there. Yeah. Uh, here, here is the, the prompt again. The time has come to reveal the true goal of the Sith. Our ultimate purpose is... To find out who Ray's parents are. <laughs> Do you really think it's Jin Erso, or how about what you have for being born of the Force? I don't know. I have a lot of theories. <laughs> have you heard of one about Luke's hand? <laughs> it's a great answer, and I, I was so excited when I wrote this. So like, oh, I'm going to get to hear Jennifer Landa's Emperor voice. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little smidge. Just a little smidge, and it was great. It was like Saturday morning cartoon Palpatine. Yeah. It was perfect. It was great. Uh, all right, Mike, here we go. The time has come to reveal the true goal of the Sith. Our ultimate purpose is to open a theme park <laughs> where we can overcharge hardworking customers to ride rides for two minutes and pay $8 for pineapple-flavored ice cream. <laughs> that's how Disneyland came about. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's exactly uh, A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> Disneyland was invented. That that's is great. awesome. Yeah. That nice. was a great prank. Now I want some yeah. Dole Whip. Yeah. <laughs> I had never had Dole Whip until, uh, until a couple weeks ago, and oh, oh yeah. my God, it's yeah. like, and that, now I'm a pineapple aficionado. Yep. No, it's worth the wait in that line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to ride that ride. Right. They help your digestive system. <laughs> Enjoy pineapple. You will be regular. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Poop at will, Commander. <laughs> Oh, I'm afraid the flusher is quite operational. When your poop arrives. Oh wow! Oh, oh, man. Man. Well, good job. That's kind of got to be the end of the show, <laughs> I right? Think I mean, legally, it has to be, <laughs> the, end to be the, the end. Guys, this has been another great and fun edition of Four Sitter, if I may say so myself. <laughs> uh, we always like to uh, have fun, celebrate, dig deep, pontificate. Joseph will change your opinion on something you thought you hated in Star Wars. That's what we do here, uh, and it's been great as always. Mark, we want to thank you for being our special guest today. Hopefully not the last time we'll hear your voice here on the Force Center podcast feed. Tell all the nice, young, potential Van Halen fans where <laughs> Soon my ass will be wiped and the toilet will be flushed. Um, I, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Mark Ellis Live. That's also the website. You can get tickets to my comedy tour, which is always ongoing. And uh, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Schmoes No. Me and my buddy Christian, pretty big Star Wars fans. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, of course, catch uh, Jedi Council uh, when are you pretty much 
much regularly on there now? Every week on Collider when I'm in town. We tape it gotcha. on Thursdays. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you work the road, Thursday night's the first show. So Absolutely. Yeah. it's hard to be in town for every one of them, but as many as I could possibly do. It's, it's always fun. We was the, the Star Wars media discussion world is big and wide with a lot of voices. And you guys have quite the audience there. I'm not going to say I'm not jealous that you can <laughs> hang out with Kanan and Maul and all oh, that stuff. Yeah, but that uh, so cool. I love the company I have here. So uh, it's good there. Jennifer, of course, your adventures can be found. You can find me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa. Yes. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Emperor Palpatine. Yes. Palpatine. <laughs> uh, sorry. No, when you said Palpatine, I, I heard Poopatine, and, <laughs> and it sort of excited and bummed me out at the same time. Uh, you can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw, even Snapchat. I don't know why, Yay! but you can find me on Snapchat. Yeah. Uh, my website is josephscrimshaw.com. You can go there to find out about all the different shows I've got coming up in L.A. and other places. And my other podcast is called Obsessed Podcast, where I talk to people about things that they like maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> Ken? Absolutely. Follow me at Ken Napsuck across the board, including Snapchat, where I feel old and kind of skeevy when I look at people's <laughs> posts, because I feel as though I'm looking at something I shouldn't be. Another post of your <laughs> Um But it's good. And of course, follow us here at the Force Center podcast feed at Force Center Pod. And we love bringing Star Wars talk, discussions, and fun and laughter to you. So until next time, may that Force thing kind of hover around your toilet until the Emperor says it's okay. <laughs> Bye. deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.